and welcome everyone to Sunday edition of BAMS Radio. Following the 24-10 Crimson Tide win back inside Bryant-Denny Stadium, the eighth straight over the Ole Miss Rebel Black Bear Land Sharks, whatever they like to call themselves. But Alabama now has still not lost to the Rebels since 2015. The Lane train is now 0-4 against his mentor. And more importantly, Wild Turkey Pete Golding is 0-1. I had to point that out yesterday on Twitter. Uh, but again, Alabama with a good second half. The Rebels were in strong position, uh, leading 7-6 to six at halftime. It really should have been 10-6. to six. I thought one of the turning points was them missing a 30-yard field goal near the end of the half to allow Alabama to only be down a point. And the Crimson Tide came out, outscored the Rebels 18-3 to three in the second half uh, to win the game 24-10. to 10. And we're going to discuss that and more with our usual uh, cavalcade of guests, and that is Thomas the Wizard Watts in the port city of Mobile. Uh, as he does a great job of uh, producing, keeping us on the air. And, of course, we'll get his insights. And William Redfish Barger from 89 to 1993, a national champion, SEC champion, and a member of the Crimson Tide. William, I, I, you know, the show was kind of somber last week. I don't think we knew what to expect going into Saturday. Uh, not, a, not a great first half by any stretch. But they found a way in the second half. Uh, the defense really uh, locked down. You got to give uh, both Kevin Steele and T. Rob and, and the defensive coaches a lot of credit. I know I've been hard on Freddie Roach and Coleman Hustler, but their guys played better. But it was a defense and special teams type game, and you saw a lot of that in your days with the Crimson Tide. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the first half went exactly like we were afraid it would. Right. And, exactly. Uh, you know, luckily they were able to you know, changed the narrative. And, you know, I, I thought the defense, uh, you know, played extremely well from, from the first, you know, possession uh, all the way through the end of the game. You know, it was kind of a coming out party for Jihad Campbell. He was, you know, just eked out for the leading tackler uh, the game by uh, Terry on Arnold. And Terry on had that nice interception as well. Um, you know, they, they lost their leader yesterday um, for, a good part of the game. Luckily, it's just an ankle, and, and hopefully it won't take him long to get back to uh, 100%, talking about Deontay Lawson. Um, you know, on the other side of the ball, it was, it was you know, a mixed bag. Um, they, uh, you know, kind of got the running game going late, but still had way too many um, negative plays. Um, you know, it, it was good to see uh, – um, Jalen Hell's coming out party. I think we've been all, you know, kind of waiting on that. And I think it can be a dangerous part of the offense going forward. Um, so, you know, it, it was, like you said, it was an SEC West win, which is always a good thing. Um, although the, the division looks, looks pretty messy this year. So I don't, I don't know if, you know, I've seen a team that, would normally scare me in a, in a normal Alabama football season. But as we've seen already this year, anything can happen. So um, I was just glad that the, you know, the kids got the W and got out of the game without any serious injuries. Yeah. You know, we'll see about Deontay. It could be a high ankle sprain. Uh, he could be out a week or two. Hopefully not. I mean, we've seen Malachi get back. Hey, I want to mention that too, William. I, I, I thought Woo! Malachi Moore's best game in an Alabama uniform. 
He played outstanding. He's now healthy. And I know you've mentioned how you thought Malachi was really playing his butt off in previous weeks, but he's having a really good senior year. And I thought Terrion Arnold had one of his best games. And even Lane Kiffin in the post game said, you know, look, we, uh, we were trying to go after three like we did a year ago, but he played much better and he got, he got that big interception. And I thought one of the keys coming in is Alabama had to turn it over one or less times. They did that. And, they forced a turnover of their own and, of course, some turnovers on downs with Lane Kiffin. He likes to go for it on fourth down. But I thought Malachi Moore really kind of led the way on defense. Yeah, for sure. I thought, thought uh, you know, Dallas Turner played, played a really good game. Uh, so did his, you know, partner in crime on the other side, Chris Braswell. Um, you know, it was, it was obvious in the second half. I mean, I, they had that, that one play where they called two separate Old Miss offensive lineman for holding, and there was a third one they could have thrown a third flag on on the same play. So, you know, I, I think that front seven just got to be too much for Old Miss's front to to handle in the in the second half, especially in passing situations. So, I mean, you know, like we talked about earlier, I, I thought it was a really bizarre offensive game plan by Lane Kiffin. You know, there wasn't a lot of tempo. Um, you know, I, I thought there was way too much rushing. Um, you know, for, you know, I don't know why he thought he was going to be able to establish the run against this defense, but it didn't work out for him very well. But, um, you know, they, uh, um, you know, I, I think took a step forward in the second half as a team, uh, you know, being able to come from behind and, um, you know, get a, a divisional victory at home, you know, is big for the program at, at, at this stage in the season. So, uh, but yeah, man, no, no doubt about it. Thirteen is is playing himself into a uh, different tax bracket uh, for the NFL draft right now. He is the secondary with along with that. When you think about Kool Aid carry on playing well, and then you got Downs, who I thought had a strong game. They were they were kind of picking on Jalen Key a little bit, uh, but Jalen's been solid too. And they played uh, Trey Amos some in the second half. I saw him out there on the field, so. Uh, Alabama got. I think they've got a, a secondary that's improving, no doubt about it. Five sacks. William kind of mentioned Dallas Turner. You know, he had two himself. One and a half though from Tim Smith, and we got to see that kind of production from him. He needs to be a disruptor. And then one and a half from Chris Braswell. They and, and then I thought William they blitzed a little bit more. Like they really started. Uh, I know they didn't get to him every time, but just for example, on Ole Miss's last snap. I know they made Jackson Dart feel them on that. And I kind of feel like the pressure Alabama was able to get during the game is the reason that Jackson Dart missed the wide open receiver in the end zone uh, late in the ball game when they were trying to score and get it within one touchdown and onside kick. If you've been pressuring a guy, a lot of times he'll miss throws like that because he may feel something that's not there. Yeah, no, it's, it's, there's no doubt that, that, you know, Kevin Steele's blitz packages are a definite upgrade from, from what we've seen in the last couple of years of, you know, blitzing the inside linebacker and, and the guy never getting home. Um, it was, it was fun to watch yesterday in, in critical times. Um, you know, I, I thought the offensive line in the second half um, played their best game, um, still gave up four sacks and nine tackles for a loss, which that that's got to get continue to get better. Um, it's it's real hard to, 
you know, score points and, and uh, move the chains when you've got that many negative plays. So, you know, certainly there's a lot of things they can still improve on as the season progresses. Yeah, there's there really is. And, Thomas, uh, uh, your thoughts on what we saw. Uh, certainly uh, Jalen Milrow, you know, some rough spots in the first half, but he played a really good second half. And, look, we're just going to have to see this team grow with him. We know he's QB1, so barring injury, um, you know, he's going to be the guy. So we're going to have to see, you know, him hopefully start getting rid of the ball quicker, uh, continuing to get a better feel for the zone read, which at times, and I thought he did it yesterday, he would pull it when he needed to hand it off and then hand it off when he needed to pull it. And, of course, hopefully experience will help him there. But certainly uh, uh, some steps forward, uh, you know, for the team as a whole and offensively. But what were your thoughts? So I picked Ole Miss to beat Alabama. So here's my crow. I was wrong. Had the extra hot sauce ready for ready to roll. But it, as has been said, this was a tale of two halves. You know, the first half, it was, you know, second verse, same as the first, but a whole lot louder and a little bit worse. The offensive line was so poor that they were putting the offense behind the eight ball frequently. You know, giving up sacks, giving up tackles for loss. This is not really an offense that you can feel comfortable third and eight plus. Um, I certainly would not want Jalen Milrow throwing intermediate passes. Whenever it leaves his hand, I'm kind of just like choking a little because I'm not sure where that's going to go. Jalen Milrow is what Jalen Milrow is, and that is... He's going to struggle on read concepts, but in a couple of cases, the offensive line got destroyed so badly he didn't have a good option. His ball placement is always going to be mediocre, so you know it's going to be a game of what what could have been in many cases. But he, you know, to his eternal credit, it's hard to it's hard to be seventeen of twenty one in any context for over two hundred yards. That's 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 the kind of production you need from the quarterback position. You hope the interception, which was, again, truly awful from every perspective, that kind of thing with experience gets cleaned up. But, you know, even with that all said, the second half, here comes uh, the Alabama offense that, frankly, I thought we were going to start at last year, this time. You know, I thought we were going to do this for MTSU. We were going to start at this point. And by the time, you know, we get towards October – the team is going to be, you know, gelled and firing on all cylinders. The follow-up question is, has the team made the quantum leap that they should have made maybe a couple of weeks ago, and now they're going to turn into the unstoppable physical machine that had been promised throughout the uh, leading into fall camp? I frankly don't know. I, it's the, the problem is this team still – I don't trust this team to know what I'm going to get. Because even yesterday, as I said, first half, same old. Second half, that's what Alabama needs to be. And that that goes back to my point. You know, there weren't, I don't believe there were any tackles for a loss in the second half yesterday. There were no sacks. The only time Alabama got stopped was a holding penalty on first down. And so they couldn't get 20 yards in three plays, which I'm not going to kill the offense for that. But, you know, if Alabama's able to do that, they're going to be really, really hard to beat. 
because they did raise their general efficiency numbers. You know, they were able to stay on schedule, and that's a good thing. So, you know, you have to hope the team is gelling, and you have to hope that everything is starting to click. Because after this Mississippi State game next week, which, frankly, Alabama should win going away, that I, I, I know I sound crazy when I say this because I think Jimbo Fisher and his staff are stuck in the early 2000s, but Texas A&M has talent. And the last time Alabama visited them, they lost. So that they being Alabama, excuse me. I realize my subject verb agreement was bad there. So, you know, that test is coming. So, you know, if Alabama can go out next week and put, for lack of a better phrase, second half Alabama against Ole Miss together for four quarters, I'd feel a lot more comfortable, and suddenly everything opens up if that's the case. Unfortunately, that does remain to be seen, Drew. Yeah, it does. I mean, of course, they've got to stay focused on Mississippi State. State lost. 37-30 37-30 to 30 in kind of a track meet over in Columbia, South Carolina. They've lost two in a row. They got boat raced at home by LSU. But William kind of mentioned it earlier in the show. Uh, you know, there's not really, I don't know, a great team in the SEC. We don't know how good anybody really is because Georgia still hasn't played anyone. They gave up points and yards to UAB. So Alabama just has to worry about themselves. Continue to get better defensively and uh, and lock in. Uh, and, I, and I will say this, William. Uh, I think they've got the best combination of punter and, and, and place kicker in the NFL, or excuse me, in the uh, SEC, and hell, both of them could kick in the NFL. Uh, and then now, I hope they can get some more out of the kick return unit soon. But I really thought one of the big keys to the win yesterday, they blocked the punt. Ja'Cory Brooks is always – Ja'Cory has not been a factor offensively. He's got like one catch three yards the whole season. But he's always been a good special teams player. That, that punt block still is – Still got Alabama field position, even though they didn't, uh, you know, kick. They only got three out of it, but it still got them some points. And, of course, burnup was burnup. And then Will Riker, thank goodness, saved that botch snap by kicking the field goal. And Alabama, if they had not been able to cash in those field goals in the first half, would have been in trouble. Yeah, no doubt. Um, You know, I I think – you know, Mississippi State, at least up until this point, has proven to be one of the worst teams in the league. So, um, you know, Alabama should should uh, you know should win and win convincingly, in my opinion, this weekend. And then, uh, you know, I think that that trip to to College Station, um, you know, if in fact, I, I think in a lot of ways, um, you know, A and M is is. Uh, even when we got to wait and see, you know, whether it's Connor Wegman who hurt his ankle yesterday. Um, they're saying he could be out for a couple of weeks, but I bet you he's miraculously well a uh, week from Saturday. Uh, but, but, you know, A&M, I mean, they got a really good front seven on defense. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the offense is still, you know, in the midst of trying to find their identity, but man, they, they got some nasty guys, um, you know, in that front seven and, um, you know, did a good job of, of uh, slowing Alabama down and, and, you know, almost getting a win last year at Bryant-Denny. So, you know, I think that's kind of the, the next big test, um, you know, on the schedule. I, I, I just think that, you know, Alabama can, can work on some things this weekend versus Mississippi State. And, 
you know, still still should win by double digits in my opinion. But uh, I, you know, I don't know if you're going to get to see the kicking return game, Drew, get get cranked up very much. Uh, you know, I think most opposing coaches have, have kind of figured out that they're idiots if they do punt or or, or kick off to us because there's so many weapons um, as as return guys. Um, you know, I, I did like seeing the 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 tight ends get more involved yesterday. Um, you know, I think that's something that that could help Jalen Milrow's confidence is is you know crossing patterns to the tight ends, and, and he did a good job of finding those guys open yesterday. So, um, you know, like I said, it, it was you know it's almost like a uh, you know made me feel like a schizophrenic. I mean, I was as down as I could, about as low as I could go at halftime yesterday, and you know, and then then like Thomas said, you know, it was a a tale of two halves and then, you know, they came out and, and looked pretty good, you know, in the second half, but, um, it was an interesting day yesterday in college football. Um, Dabo lost, Auburn lost, uh, coach prime got humbled a little bit. Um, so, you know, um, you know, I enjoyed watching that LSU Arkansas game last night. Um, you know, I think Arkansas has gotten better. Um, and and you know could could have a chance to you know make some make some hiccups for people, but um, you know looking forward to this weekend. Um, hope to God maybe we can get some fall weather. I, I thought I was done with uh, um, you know hundred degree temperatures, but it damn sure feels like it is today in Birmingham. Huh. Well, I can tell you, William. Uh, I was up in the upper deck, U four, and uh, you know, and again, it was. It, it, in the, at the start of the game, it was, uh, you know, we were in the shade and we had a chair back seat, so that was nice. But second half, the bit, the home side was in the shade and we certainly weren't. And it did get warm up there. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but, uh, but it was still a, a, a good atmosphere and at least we had a breeze. So uh, we had a good time. And it, it was interesting being able to see plays develop from up top and see how, you know, the, the uh, you know, both mistakes and, you know, executed at a high level, uh, certainly. But I am anxious to see, because there's one thing Milrow hasn't done yet, and I'll get Thomas to kind of talk about this. But remember, Milrow, the first time he ever played, was in a situation where Alabama had a lead and Bryce Young got hurt, uh, you know, unexpectedly. He had to come in. Now, Arkansas made a big run but then and got back in the game, but he made some big plays with his leg. And Alabama pulled away to win impressively. But, Thomas, he still never started a road game. And this will be the first time he starts at Mississippi State. State's struggling right now, but it's still a difficult place to play at times. Alabama's had some near, you know, some close calls over there. It's going to be interesting to see how he reacts to, you know, the hostile crowd. Absolutely. And having covered games in Starkville, those cowbells are loud and annoying and teeth grating throughout. <laughs> I mean, it's, sure it's, it, I can I can attest to that too. It's I get the tradition, and I, I don't think it should be taken away from Mississippi State. But good God, it it's it's like Vuvuzelas on steroids, and Vuvuzelas were kind of fun for the World Cup. But having to deal with it like every week, I would want to jump off a bridge. Anyhow, the that's going to be an interesting thing. But I didn't bring this up when you asked me about this side. There is something that Alabama can lean on, period. And it's defense. I, you know, I'm not going to 
completely kick dirt on Alabama's defense against Texas, even though they did wilt at the end. Alabama's defense came to play against USF while the offense decided to go out and see what the be- see what beach babes looked like in Tampa, Florida that that Saturday. And then this week, like, look, I, I get that Ole Miss put up stats against teams that are not as good as Alabama, but Ole Miss was averaging 500, 500 and change yards a game and like 50 points, 300 yards total, 10 points. That's a big difference. And yes, you could certainly say that had they been able to execute X, Y, Z, it would have been a little bit better on Ole Miss's side. But by the same token, if Alabama had, you know, gotten, if Kool-Aid had picked the ball off when it hit his hands, you know, stuff like that, you can play what ifs both ways. But the Alabama defense is going to travel. And even if the cowbells get annoying, which they will, Alabama, you know, Millward will have some time to get rolling. And the real thing, like, again, let's assume that the Alabama offensive second half Ole Miss shows up. If that offense shows up, the question shifts to, does Mississippi State have the horses to compete against this Alabama offensive line? I frankly doubt it. I really do. And if Alabama can stay efficient and keep playing cleaner football, that's all it's going to take. Now, I realize I'm asking for a lot from this team, given what we've seen so far. But the Alabama defense continues to get better. I feel like Kevin Steele as a defensive play caller is really starting to grasp where his personnel groupings and you know various play sheet calls can fuse to be very, very effective. I, I, you know, I believe, William, you said at one point there could have been three holds called on various offensive linemen. There were two called. They could have called a third. You know, that's individual players being put in positions to have success. So with the defense, Alabama can figure it out. But we are going to have to see because, you know, looking at Jalen Milrow's passes yesterday, the only one that was really interceptable to me was the one that was intercepted. Yes, Robbie Oots kind of saved him with a wonderfully athletic play. But, you know, you're a receiver. You kind of are expected to do some of that no matter who you are. So. If Milrow keeps doing that, we're good. If the opposite happens, and instead of the two interceptions against Texas, which probably should have been three or four, suddenly we might get a dicey game because Alabama's only favored by 12 and a half, which, because of the home bump, is really two touchdowns. So Jalen Milrow is the great unknown still, but with the Alabama defense, I feel like they're going to create the buffer for Milrow to figure it out and have success against a susceptible Mississippi State group. Remember, Jaden Daniels just threw for an ocean of yards against this same defense. And then Spencer Rattler, it, I think he just threw another touchdown as we are talking about what will happen next week because that game was back and forth the whole time. But we'll see, Drew. Well, the interesting part, I didn't get to see any of the game. It was, I was following it. It's 37 to 30. Uh, the, the South Kakalaki ends up beating, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs. Mississippi State, it looked like they went back to Leach football, and, and there's no uh, swipe at Mike Leach because they won games. But, you know, I think he, you know, he threw for 487 yards, one touchdown, one pick. I think he was like 31 or 48 passing, uh, and they only rushed for 32 yards. So, Woody Marks was taken out of it. Alabama still needs to make them one-dimensional. 
Uh, and, and then the thing about we know that they've seen with Will Rogers, he's not mobile. You can get after his ass even more so than you did uh, certainly, uh, you know, uh, Jackson Dart yesterday. So that's what Alabama's going to have to do. Make them one-dimensional, get after them, turn them over. Uh, don't let them stay in the game. And then dominate the line of scrimmage, you know, run the football. Hopefully, uh, you know, get Jalen Milrow going. Uh, you know, he did throw some of the short stuff better yesterday. Now, he missed uh, on a third down. He, he missed, uh, uh, you know, uh, Isaiah Bonds one time. But I, in his defense, I think Bonds ran the wrong route. He was expecting to be in another spot uh, and, you know, threw, that, threw it in, in, in that manner. But, again, we'll see. Uh, they just need to keep getting better and stacking wins. And they can't take anyone for granted. I mean, Thomas, I know you mentioned that before we, we started this recording. You cannot South Florida, okay? This team is good. This team is talented. But with the quarterback issues Alabama has, if you have a three or four turnover game against Mississippi State, you're probably either going to be losing the game or, or, or it's going to be a dogfight to the end. So you can't lose the plus minus. You've got to control the clock, run the ball. And you just got to smash them. They're coming in on a two-game losing streak. They're doubting themselves. And you got to make them continue to doubt themselves by dropping a hammer on them. Because this Alabama team has got to get a lot better. Because, William, you mentioned it already. They're going to have a chore going to College Station where it's going to probably still be hot. And the last time they went there, they lost in a high-scoring game. And this A&M team, no matter who the quarterback is, because hellfire, they may be better under – Max Johnson anyway than even uh, Connor Wegman, who played well. But this is a very capable A&M team with a lot of good players. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, really impressed with, with their, their defensive line. They, they play a lot of guys. Um, you know, they're, they're good at stopping the run and rushing the passer. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a challenge for, you know, I think the three interior Alabama offensive linemen um, you know, because they do have some, some big, big, you know, lower body, you know, good looking defensive tackles, um, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's, that's going to be a challenge for the center and the two guards, I think, to deal with those interior guys. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. I don't think you or Thomas saw the, the A&M Auburn game yesterday, but Auburn had a, had a, a, a fumble recovery and, the the player, I think his his name was Asante, um, had to run between Jimbo Fisher and the sideline. Jimbo was five yards on the the playing field when the play occurred. It's one of the more uh, bizarre um, plays I've ever seen. I mean, hell, I, there for a minute I thought uh, Jimbo was going to tackle the kid, um, but but uh, you know I, I think that's going to be an interesting trip. I think it's going to tell us you know, a lot about the growth of this, this 2023 team. Um, you know, and, and one of the things that I like that they're doing defensively is they're playing a lot of guys. Um, and, and, you know, you don't see a big drop-off when, um, you know, Blackshear comes in at linebacker or some of the, um, you know, the other safeties when they come in the game. I mean, everybody seems to be, you know, they're rotating guys on the defensive line. Um you know, I, I was watching watching the game yesterday with some non-Alabama fans, and they kept hearing me, you know, yelling jihad. They're like, "Jesus, man, do you want to, you, wanna, <laughs> you know, do you want to kill the opposing team?" I said, "No, that's number 30's first name." <laughs> um, 
and, and once his knee's 100%, he may unleash a jihad on the other team. But, uh, you know, it's, it's good. You know, it's, the, the one thing that's kind of puzzling to me, because he looks so good in the 8A game, starting to wonder if there's an injury involved, but we haven't seen any really of Justin Jefferson this uh uh, or the linebacker Jefferson, whatever his first name is, um, yeah, he has not played much this season, um, and that's that's kind of surprised me a little bit. But you know, there again, man, I think that new linebacker coach Ball is is really, you know, got his unit dialed in. They, uh, you know, when they get there, they put you down. Um, they play fast, they play aggressive, and and it's been several several years, you know, since we've got a you know had an enjoying. Uh, middle linebacker or inside linebacker room to, to watch play. Um, and so that's been, you know, one of the, the fun parts of this season for me is watching those guys make plays. And, you know, certainly Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell are, you know, as dangerous of, a, of an edge rushing tandem as there is in college football. Um, so, you know, I, I think the, you know, the defense, um, you know, will have a different kind of challenge um when, when they go to college station um you know it's it's uh you know they, they try and stay balanced um but you know they're going to throw the ball and they're going to throw it deep and uh they, they've got some guys you know evan stewart was you know a, a, a you know a hard guy to handle last year for alabama um you know they got two quarterbacks that can you know push the ball down the field and wegman and johnson we just don't know which one's going to start yet but um, you know, they need to, you know, continue to get the kinks out this weekend against Mississippi State, take care of business and, you know, get rested up for that trip to College Station. I'm kind of like, you know, Drew, I, I think that may be a, a hot one. Um, um, you know, even though we're closing in on October, I don't even know if they have a fall in College Station. It's such a hellhole weather-wise, but, um, you know, it's, 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 you know, just, I think it's, it's what's becoming clear to me is, you know, I haven't really seen a team, not just in the SEC, but, but uh, you know, around the country that I look at and I'm like, you know, they're, that's them. That's, that's the, you know, that, that's the group right there. You know, that's, that's who the, um, you know, needs to be knocked off the mountaintop. You know, it's tough to tell what Georgia has um, because of the quality of competition that they've played so far. Um, you know, certainly until somebody, you know, proves them, proves them wrong. I think, you know, obviously they're the team to beat, but, um, you know, Michigan, Ohio state, um, obviously, you know, I think Florida state is, is, uh, starting to believe in themselves a little bit. And, uh, you know, they've got two now quality wins under their belt and, uh, you know, they, they seem to have a lot of momentum. Um, they're, they're certainly doing a good job in recruiting. Um, you know, getting some guys that, that up until, you know, the last 18 months that, that Kirby Smart probably would have gotten at Georgia. So, yeah, sure. I think there's somebody to keep an eye on. But just, just kind of a a ho-hum year so far for, um, you know, a, a dominant program. There seems to be a lot of parity this year. Well, yeah, you look at that Notre Dame-Ohio State game. I picked Notre Dame, and they, they led for much of the second half, couldn't hold – the Irish off in the final three seconds. Or excuse me, they couldn't hold the, the Irish couldn't hold the Buckeyes off in the final three seconds. Ohio State wins it and uh, wins the game. I lose seventeen to fourteen. So they 
they survive in South Bend. But, you know, Notre Dame could still have playoff aspirations because you just mentioned Clemson being out of it. Uh, They're gone uh, pretty much. They've already lost to Duke and FSU. FSU is a huge win for them. And Mike Norvell gets to slay that dragon for the first time since, like, 2013 on the road. And now they've stayed undefeated. And, uh, you know, I believe they play Notre Dame later in the year. But it's going to be interesting. Uh, so, uh, you know, Notre Dame is and is a, you know, a really good football team. I like Sam Hartman. Uh, they just couldn't quite get it done with touchdown Jesus. But certainly, uh, you know, but you got to give uh, Notre Dame credit. And Marcus Freeman, they seem to have improved a lot in the last, uh, you know, several, uh, you know, weeks. And even to the end of last year, uh, he seems much more comfortable as a head coach. Potentially, he may have been the right hire. Same with Norvell. Got to give Norvell a lot of credit. His team found a way to win. Now, speaking of the damn kicking game, Clemson missed a 30-yard field goal. Probably would have won the game late. So, again, thank your blessings with Will Reichert. Uh, Alabama does have a great kicker this year. So, And probably are going to need him in uh, College Station. Hopefully not in Starkville. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel much more confident with the way Alabama's playing defensively and in the kicking game. If they can, once again, the big key of this to me is one or less turnovers from Milrow. They hit a few big throws. They can get the running game going. I think they can win this one, except I think they can win it once again by multiple scores. If I had to guess right now, I mean, with Alabama and Mississippi State, I, to be honest, Thomas, I know you're at the controls. Have they even come up with a line of that yet? We were talking about it on the Bama Recap Show on 97.7 The Zone this morning. My, our guess was 14. Have they come out with that uh, line yet? So I've looking at it. I've seen anywhere from like eleven to fourteen. So I, I'm I'm just calling it two touchdowns. You know, just depending on what your book is. So, and I don't think that's unfair because of both the Alabama having some uneven performances and not knowing what the heck to do uh, on the road, or right. what the heck Alabama is going to be on the road, and. You know what? Which Mississippi State team is going to show up? Because yeah. air, air raid Mississippi State is easy to defend for Alabama. Rush three, drop eight. Power running Mississippi State, which I think they wanted to be, is a little bit different animal, per, particularly like personnel grouping wise and schematically. So there is some weirdness there. But you know, I think two touchdowns is completely fair. I frankly think unless Milrow melts down, Alabama should cover that pretty easily. But Good Lord. Uh, again, until Alabama can put together a even a three-quarter performance against a quality opponent. And you, know, you can certainly make the argument they did that against Middle Tennessee State early on because Middle Tennessee State is a pretty good G5 team. Yeah, they are. But, I thought so when Alabama played them, I agree. But, but that's not – okay, that's not somebody you see who knows all your warts and all of that. And you know theirs, of course, too – until Alabama can do that for three quarters, you know, or two and a half, you know, like essentially, as I, show me Alabama building into where we all thought they would be, because you like to believe that it started against Ole Miss in the second half, or maybe it continued Ole Miss in the second half, depending on how you define it. But I'm still one of those people that show me something, show me growth, show me competitiveness, and. If that happens, Alabama covers easily. It's just, unfortunately, because Milrow is the guy, he's a high-variance player. 
he can have a brilliant game. And he really played well the vast majority of yesterday. Some of it wasn't his fault when you had negative plays. Some of it was. Some of it you're kind of like ball placement, dude. But I'll accept that. If you if if you can give me that Jalen Milrow that played even all four quarters against Ole Miss, I would take it. The terror is, as I said before, when he tries to start pressing and tries to ad lib. You know, if if, if we turn into Jalen Milrow or J, you know, if he goes tries to be Jalen Manziel, yeah, no, thank you. But I'm I'm willing to you know, just roll with it, and we're going to see more Ole Miss Milrow, so I think Alabama should cover this one. Because, again, if I'm Mississippi State, I I don't really – I know I said the personnel groupings will change depending on how State wants to attack this Alabama defense, but nobody's really been able to run on the Alabama defense unless they've been left on the field for forever, like what happened against Texas. So that's a pretty good hole card if you're coming to go on the road in your first big – divisional road test drew yeah it is it's going to be a, a test no uh, no doubt about it want to see how the everyone reacts offense defense and special teams and like i say i'm gonna i'm kind of probably pick it 31 to 14 alabama i think they can methodically get it done the key will be keeping turnovers down and like we said running the football controlling the clock uh and and, and then taking your shots when neat when you can get them like Milrow, whether it be with his legs, breaking one, or of course throwing the football, throw it on time. Uh, you know, don't don't be late with the football. Have a little bit better feel for the zone read. Just keep getting better. Uh, because again, he is just still a red shirt sophomore. So hopefully he can grow. And if he can become a, a true weapon that you can depend on, then this Alabama team can be good because the rest of the team I think is solid. Hopefully the receiver core, which I think has been pretty good so far, especially with Jalen Hale stepping up for Ja'Cory Brooks, who's kind of been absent from the rotation as far as playing. Uh, you know, I think it'll be fine. And then I know William mentioned Justin Jefferson. I did see him yesterday. Uh, he was mostly on special teams. He hasn't really played a lot in the, in the base defense. But William did bring up Jihad, and he had seven tackles. It was good to see him start to assert himself because he had a knee issue and wasn't in there early. So, again, and – and Kendrick Blackshire has made his presence felt in each game. And so I think William brought up a great point with Robert Bala. I think he's getting more production out of these cats. And and with and William with Deontay Lawson you know, potentially out of the lineup for a game or two if the ankle sprain is severe. I would think they definitely need to have him back for college station, but I think they can manage it hopefully in uh Starkville. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think there's any reason to play them this weekend. I, I think Alabama, um, I, I kind of like them to um, have a little bit more scoring output this weekend. I've got it 38 to 10, um, Alabama. Um, you know, and, and, you know, again, I, I think it's hopefully, you know, things will get out of hand early enough to where some more young guys can get in there and, um, you know, get some experience playing in the SEC on the road. And, and uh, you know, despite the size of the stadium, that is a difficult place to play. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I haven't thought about this until y'all were talking about the cowbells earlier. But I know in the early 90s, their visiting locker room um, was, was so bad. Um, they only had one toilet uh, with no stalls around it. 
Oh, um, sitting in a, sitting in a room in between the coach's locker room and the player's locker room. So, you know, if you wanted to go in there and, and try and shed yourself of the, you know, some of the 10,000 calories they fed you in the last 24 hours, uh, you had to do it in front of everybody. So, um, you know, I'm sure with all the upgrades they've done over there, that situation has gotten a little better. But, no, it, it does get loud over there. And, um, you know, their fans, uh, you know, good season or bad season, and they haven't had a whole lot of good seasons um, you know, at Mississippi State in the last 20 years or so, but um, they, they do support their team and they do it loudly. Yeah, they do. And it, it is a tough place to play, especially if you don't play well early. Now, I was there. I covered the game in 2017. Jalen Hurts brought him back to win, but for much of the game, it was running in quicksand. Alabama was kind of banged up on defense and they ran the ball pretty well in state. And Dan Mullen had a chance to win it, but Mullen mowing the game as he usually does and got too conservative late, and Alabama came back to win it. And, uh, you know, Jalen threw to some cat named Devontae Smith. He was a true freshman, foreshadowing things to come, and he caught a winning touchdown pass So uh, as they came back to win it. But like we said, you know, you want to go ahead and go for throw. Thomas, uh, you know, Williams has 38-10. I've got 31-14. What is your feel for it? I think 38-17. I, I think that – this is uh, we. I hate that we. I'm using the same terminology from USF, but I think this is another get right game. I'll buy into the narrative that Alabama is really starting to put itself together, uh, and they just had a. They had to come from further behind than I thought they were, but I think they're rapidly catching up to where we thought they'd be. You know, come start of October. You know, maybe middle of the. You know, particularly middle of October where Alabama generally gets to where they're like, oh God, they figured it out. What are we going to do to handle these guys? So give me 38-17, and honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if that last touchdown is kind of a junk touchdown as the second team defense rotates in. And hey, maybe we'll get some Ty Simpson where he gets to run the whole offense if that is uh, if the margin of victory is that high. But we'll see. That's half the fun. Yeah, it really is. And it's fun to be an Alabama fan because, hey, guys, if you score 70 in an NFL game, is that good? It's pretty okay. Pretty okay. Yeah, yeah. The Dolphins beat the the Broncos 70 to 20. Okay. I've never Do what? that. Yeah. It was 70 to 20, your final score. Tua Tungo Vailoa, who will be your player of the week, I predict, in the NFL, 23 of 26, 309, four touchdowns. My guy, Devon A. Chain, who I love, the rookie, you remember from uh, Texas A&M, fast as grease lightning. 18 carries, 203 yards, and two touchdowns. And check out this running game for Miami. And this is why two of them have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. 43 carries, 350 yards, eight yards a carry. Wow. I mean, that, now it just goes to show you, even Sean Payton, uh, he's probably going to be a Hall of Fame coach and a Super Bowl champion. He's inherited whale shit, and he's got a lot of work to do. Uh, with the Broncos. I, I think basically Russell Wilson, he threw for 306, but he's on the back end of it. They're going to have a lot of retooling to do, but I mean, that's amazing. It was at Miami, but 70 to 20, just to give you an Alabama update and Tua Tungvaluwa rolling. I'm glad he just stay healthy, brother, because he's, he's, he is that good. And then, of course, uh, you know, and, and I, I think, I'm not even sure that uh, that Waddle played today. He's not listed in the stats. I think he's a little banged up. 
uh, but it shows you how good they are because they've still got Tyree Kill, uh, Braxton Berrios they picked up, who is a former Miami Hurricane, too. Uh, and just to, just to be honest with you, Devon A-Chain, he had four touchdowns, two rushing and two receiving. Uh, so they, uh, they, you know, they, they rolled them, but that's just a little bit of, of a Bama update there. Uh, as uh, they both, those guys uh, played exceptionally well today on Sunday before we record this show. I mean, that's, that's big time. I think the Dolphins have got a chance to make a Super Bowl run. At least I hope so. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't think I can ever remember. I'm sure it's happened but I certainly don't remember that amount of points being scored in an NFL game before. That's uh, and, and, you know, good for Tua. Um, yeah. You, know, you, you got to pray that he continues to stay healthy. And, you know, if he keeps his pace up, man, he's, he's, he's going to get a big fat check next spring probably. Oh yeah. Cause uh, they decided not to pick up his option. Well, he and his agent are like, he, uh, okay, well that's fine. But now you're going to have to pay the man, uh, certainly. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, and and so the Dolphins continue to roll. They're three and zero. We're expecting hopefully the tide to roll and uh, go to four and one, two and zero in the SEC. We'll certainly review that next week. We may have a basketball commitment. Uh, you know, Aiden Sherrill, the big man from Detroit, at, now he's at Prolific Prep. I heard five days ago or so he committed to Alabama, and there, there's been some uh, some hints on Twitter they're about to get their first commitment. Uh, so be on the look for that. It could very well be Aiden Sherrill. He, He's a, listed as a high four-star prospect. He's more of a, a, a stretch four or even a guy that can play the five. Uh, can, and, he, and he has that perimeter skills as well. He'd be an outstanding get for Nate Oates. They've had a lot of talent. They had Boogie Fland, one of the best point guards in the country on campus this past weekend, as they're trying to build that 2024 uh, and 25 recruiting class. It's the uh, It'd be the actually the 2025 group, but or excuse me, 24 group, pardon me. It'd be the 2024 group. They're trying to sign probably at least three or four guys. and They've been bringing a lot of talent on campus, and they had some more yesterday. And, of course, they had football kids visiting as well. And as we said last week, they got QB Reese committed, who's kind of a Sean Dion Hamilton-type kid, uh, who's on the smaller side but very, very productive. His dad, Quentin, was a really good player at Auburn. He's committed now the 20th piece of Alabama's class. And so – We'll see if some other guys join uh, again soon. But, uh, you know, we, we're we going to have a lot to discuss next week. Hopefully more positivity. Hopefully more great development from QB1, Jalen Milrow. Uh, but I will say this. Milrow took some hits yesterday. He got shaken up a little bit. Ty Simpson better continue to keep himself ready because he would get another opportunity as he is the number two QB. But overall, it was a 24-10 to 10 great win for Alabama. Like I said, the guys that caught my eye, and I said it this morning too. I mean, the offensively, I would have to give a game ball to to, uh, to Milrow. He played well, and of course to uh, to uh, Jason McClellan uh, and Jalen Hale. All three of those guys made some big plays. Uh, and then I would have to on defense, like William said, Dallas Turner, uh, you know, and Braswell certainly did a great job, but especially Malachi Moore and Terrian Arnold. And then of course uh, the two stalwarts on special teams, Will Riker and uh, James Burnup. So Alabama got a good team win uh, to go to three and one on the season, one and zero in the SEC, and at least calm some nerves. Now there's still going to be some angst, but they calmed some of it. And so Alabama got gets a, a big win, twenty four to ten, over the Ole Miss Rebels, Lane Kiffin, and Wild Turkey Pete Golding. Uh, 
Thomas, do you have any other thoughts before we uh, wrap up the show in a few minutes? I just wanted to reiterate while you're giving out game balls. I, I thought this was the best, like, called game for Alabama, both offensively and defensively, golly, in a couple of years. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of tossed the sugar ball because I thought K-State was overrated. Um, and once once Jermaine Burton could blow the top off at will, you knew how that game was going to go, which, you know, good on the good on the offensive coaching for seeing that. But, yeah, I thought this game on the whole, from a design standpoint, from a how you wanted to both defend and attack Ole Miss, was very well conceived. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that you, you I get the impression that this team and this staff is figuring out, you know, the buttons to press and the levers to pull to have a lot of success. And that's why I took Alabama to cover this upcoming week. So, you know, hope springs eternal. I get it. The hopium is real. But I think that if that continues, buckle up because this season's about to get to be a lot of fun. One other thing, you'll notice that unless it's an absolute blowout, offensive production has kind of dovetailed a little bit. And a lot of that is tied to the new clock rules. The running clock is slicing a fairly significant number of plays, particularly if you can sustain drives like Alabama did in the second half. You know, the, the stat we didn't talk about in this game is Alabama's time of possession was 34 minutes to Ole Miss's, you know, 25 and change. That's a big deal. That's the clock rule coming into effect. And if Alabama, that's, that's going to be the other part to this. If Alabama can shorten games, the staff can pull the right levers and press the right buttons for the offensive and defensive team to have success, suddenly you get into this weird complementary football that before this year wasn't really possible because of the clock rules. If that set of factors comes together, buckle up because, you know, teams that have explosive offenses, yes, they might be able to blow the top off Alabama, but good luck with your defense sustaining against this offense for 40 minutes because that's what you're staring at. Or if it turns into a slugfest, okay, that suddenly means the three and outs, which Alabama generated a lot of against a very good Ole Miss team, get a few of those, suddenly the game starts to slant. That's where I think Alabama is going, and don't forget that clock rule. And if they get there, we are really starting to talk about something that's going to be very exciting because if, if Alabama fans have their one credo, it's run the damn ball. And that's what Alabama can do if this keeps going the way it should be going, Drew. Yeah, and then, William, I forgot to get your thoughts on this, or really I should have earlier in the show, but I know you can wrap it. You talked about how they played better, uh, and they did rotate. You know, both guys, Coach Saban even mentioned it, both Caden Crocker and Elijah Pritchett at left tackle. But as a whole, how did you think the offensive line played, or did you think they improved? Um, I mean, I think they took some steps forward in the second half, but, you know, um, and, and certainly not all of these plays are, are squarely on their shoulders, but, you know, there's still too many sacks, still too many tackles for loss. Um, you know, I, I think they still um, – the second half was certainly their best performance, um, you know, since the MTSU game. But, you know, there's still a lot of room for improvement. Um, you know, I think uh, the, the the four sacks may actually put them uh, even further down the list. I think they were 123 or 124 in sacks allowed last week. So, 
you know, that that's something that, you know, between the quarterback getting rid of the ball uh, on time and, and, you know, the line, you know, um, providing good protection certainly got to get better. But, you know, they, they ran the ball at times better than they have. And, um, you know, I think one thing that, that you that, that kind of really jumped off at me yesterday, and, and I'll be interested to see how many more teams, you know, kind of employ this, but, um, you know, uh, Golding had Perkins spying on Milrow. Yeah. Um, quite, quite a bit. And, and uh, you know, I think that caused some problems um you know for, for Alabama at times offensively but um you know they took some steps forward I, I don't think you can uh um you know nitpick them to death too much it was nice to see at least um you know Pritchett getting to play some I, I certainly think that uh um you know he's earned that um with with some of Proctor's poor performances so far this season so it was good to see them actually um, you know, give some other guys opportunities to play yesterday for sure. Yeah, no, no. I, I just uh, – I, I was. I mean, I, I agree with William. I think they've still got areas to improve. It was nice to see young guys get a chance to play. Um, you know, I think they are starting to develop some guys on defense. Uh, you know, and I and, and like Jihad Campbell, because the more he plays, the better he'll get. Hopefully we'll see more of Justin Jefferson as well. And I've been really impressed with Blackshire. Now, I know he's been there a while, and Saban didn't trust him, but I think Bawa's getting more out of the kid. Uh, the, guy, the, the man I trust the most in football from a recruiting perspective always said when he was coming out of Duncanville that he was a freakazoid athlete and just they needed to – that he had a ton of potential. And even though he was, had great size, he could really move laterally. And he made some big plays yesterday as well. I mean, it's good to see those guys getting uh, getting better in the front seven because this is a team. Their identity is going to be running the football, uh, you know, and 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 and, and a bit continuing to improve and evolve the rush, pa- the pass rush, and uh, the blitz packages. But defense is going to define this team in the kicking game, and they've got to run the ball, keep getting more and more effective doing that. I'm hoping we're going to see more of Justice Haynes and Jam Miller. And by the way, that was a horseshit call, I thought, on the uh, the targeting. Now, Jam will miss a half. I thought it was a good hit, but again, I hate the rules, so whatever. So he, he's ejected, but I'm hoping we'll still see some more of the young backs as well. Uh, they can continue to get better, but I thought it was, a t- it, was a step, it was a step forward for the team. Now they just can't – you can't go to Mississippi State and lay a turd. got to continue to get better. Your leadership has got to step up. You've got to build on this and continue to get more confident. And hopefully, uh, you know, Jalen Milrow will provide the big plays and not the, uh, you know, just the horrendous ones. Uh, if, he, if he provides more big plays and explosive offensive plays to help this team, then I think they can be good. But it's going to be interesting to continue to see his growth and maturity along with the rest of this team. And they just have to continue to bust it and uh, work hard. And I think they've got a chance to, to be a factor in this uh, race anyway. Uh, but uh, they're going to have some tests coming up, and the first one uh, will be in Starkville, and it's unanimous. We all think Alabama's going to play well in cover, and hopefully that'll be the case, and uh, we can recap it coming up uh, on BAM's radio next Sunday. But uh, we're uh, wrapping up the show now. We appreciate everybody for continuing to us to uh, support us. And, William, did you have any final thoughts? I'm good. Outstanding. Well, William's good. Thomas gave us some of his thoughts. 
we've all given our predictions and uh it's been a great show we appreciate everybody we appreciate you for still supporting us we do have our patreon there uh if you'd like to support bams radio we appreciate it and we appreciate everybody for continuing to listen and look forward to our uh shows each and every sunday we'll be back here next week to hopefully recap a big road win over the mississippi state bulldogs in the land of the cowbell in starkville but for thomas the wizard watts for uh, William Reptis Barger. It's been a much more jovial show this week after a 24-10 Alabama home win over the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, So everybody, have a great rest of your Sunday and a great week, and we'll talk to you next week after the road trip to Starkville and the late kick at 8 p.m. But everybody, appreciate it. Have a great day and roll tide.